Welcome to the Revolution Church Podcast. And rather than reposting all the links, ah, we're just going to go with what we have here. We're going to look like a 1990s horror movie. Um, what is wrong with this thing? I'm trying to get that right. All right. Well, here we are. Uh, it's not my favorite look, but we'll go for it. Welcome to the side view of Revolution. Angled view. High angle. Full screen. You get a little bit more look of what's on top. <laughs> my collection. <laughs> Um, so it wasn't here last week. I had the kiddos and was spending time with them. I um, actually had the, have the kiddos this week too, but my uh, ex-wife has got them right now. And uh, why I do service, which is really cool of her. Let me see if I can straighten this up just a tad bit. So we don't look like we're on a we're on a ship bending over. Um, can you guys hear me okay? Because I uh, got the lapel mic on again, and I know that I'm trying to get the sound better for um, for this, but I'm not seeing any comments, so I don't know. Maybe I'm not getting comments. Oh, no, there is one. Good morning. Good morning, Chris. I can hear you okay. All right. Sounds good. Thank you. Appreciate it. So, yeah, I've been with the kids. Um, so, me and my wife swapped around our, our, um, our uh, parenting time. So, I've had like five, five, five. And uh, we have fun, but dad's an introvert. So, dad conks out sometimes um, and gets really tired. So been doing that, um, continuing the uh, job hunt. Um, yeah, a lot going on. Um, so I've had a lot of crazy interactions on uh, social media lately. I guess that happens a lot when you're like introvert, but then you spend too much time on social media. And so that's been really um, interesting uh, because I, I, I talked with some people who I felt like maybe were scapegoating Christians a little bit, like this ex-Christian po podcast thing. Not it wasn't even a podcast thing, it was just a site, and I was talking to them. And believe it or not, <laughs> they did not want to hear what I had to say. And uh, they believe all churches should pay their taxes uh, and no nonprofit or like Christian spiritual should be not tax exempt and i was thinking like well, what about the smaller churches and like the you know minority churches and mccs and things like that you know and they're having none of it so uh so i uh <laughs> i took my responses away because it was a place i wasn't welcomed um and that's that's i think the type of thing i'm always working on is trying to be like, how do we have a voice? But, but listening well and arguing well can be really intense 
and tough to do, especially when uh, so many people are hurt and unwelcoming and, you know, kind of like, um, and it's really funny because it's almost like, it's almost, there's like a hypocritical type of thing that you pick up in this is, you know, these are the same people who are like, well, I don't want to be a place where, you know, it's, it's, you know, original sin. We're not all sinners. We're not all bad. We're not, blah, blah, you know, and then you come in as like, a Christian into the ex-Christian thing and they're like you're all bad you know it's like I guess it's kind of like Calvinism like they're the chosen ones now when we're the unchosen ones you know it's just this like assumption and they're like oh you just want a pat on the back for not you know it's like it's like so antagonistic is how we treat each other is with such antagonism um and I think we miss that. Like, I think we miss that when we get hurt by something and then we want to return the anger and return the, the fierceness um, that we, might make us look a little bit like, uh, make, might make us look a little hypocritical. Um, you know? And that's the thing, though, is everybody's doing it. So it's like, we don't really notice it as much because everybody's at, like, each other's throats. And so we, we just don't notice it as much. And it's, 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 uh, it's super sad. It's really like, it's like, as human beings, we don't know how to talk about like, should nonprofits be taxed without being like told like, I'm, I sound like I don't believe in, you know, oh, I sound like all, believe all, not believe all men, was it was believe all women, but I sound like not all men, is that what they said? And then, so that's some sexist, thing about hashtag that's like not all men like not all men are bad and people are like we don't like that you know and so that I was told that and then I was called like I was denying racism and I'm like how is this me saying churches you know shouldn't be put into a hole <laughs> shouldn't be <laughs> pigeon <laughs> what is it pigeon nosed or whatever pigeon whatever they shouldn't be you know judged as a whole because there's so many different groups and unlike you know but i guess that's what we want to do is we want to judge whole groups but that's a lot of the reasons a lot of us left the church and don't want anything to do with ch church and and, and and christians is because we feel like they pigeonhole us you know that like they do these things like they 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 you know they find groups to hate and then what we do is then we create these people and they leave church and then they were that group which i think is kind of in some way ironic justice but not really not really when you keep getting you know you've got these progressive churches and, and, and you know who are getting hit with, with with friendly fire and you've got conservative churches who are trying to do good things that are getting hit with friendly fire and you know for me growing up it was always the church is the only army that kills its wounded and now it seems like that's just not the case like everybody's just like if you don't if you don't follow this strict guidelines of rules, um, you're out. And it's like, wow, like you're not a real leftist. That's what I felt like they were saying. I'm like, I'm not more than left. Like I don't even like Democrats at this point, you know? And they're like, ah, no, <laughs> you know, you're not one of us. And I went into this with wounded preachers kids, but or no, just wounded preachers, people who'd been hurt by pastors. And I went in, I was talking, and I was like, well, you know, sometimes pastors. And I was given another view, and they're like, your views aren't welcomed here. You know, and so it's, it's, it's wild when we see this type of thing ever happening everywhere. I, I, I've, I've had a conservative uh, today give me a really hard time, someone I've been working with, trying to do stuff with, and basically go online and call me a fraud and all this because I uh, pushed back on some of their stuff. 
So it, it, it's, it's tough. It's tough because we're just, we're so cruel, as uh, Bono would say. You know, we're so cruel to each other, um, to strangers. And, you know, the ironic thing is like the Good Samaritan wasn't about like two buddies. It was about strangers. And so I think we often miss the point of uh, loving and what that is and what that looks like and how we can do that better. Um, because, you know, one of the things I've always thought that's strange about causes lately is that usually if you have a cause, you want people to join the cause. You want people to get behind it and stand with it, not, uh, not tell people they're not a part of it or, or shoo them away. Or, you know, and it seems like that's what we do now. Like we, we, we have these causes and then we're like, oh, it's too late for you or you're just too bad or you're just too much this or, you know, you know, and we use these like broad strokes and these huge, easy lines of judgment of, you know, I mean, saying any group is all good or any group is all bad. It just isn't true. You know, it's just not true. Um, that's just the facts of, of, of life. And it's weird that we don't like even like facts become issues like, oh, well, it's what's behind. Yes, that's a factual statement, but it's, it's what's behind that factual statement. I mean, like we're like becoming detectives of like how to make how do we continue the fight and how do we destroy people who say things that we don't like, even though what they're saying might be true. Like, so when we lose the ability to hear one another and to listen to one another, um, we're losing humanity. You know, we're, we're not interacting anymore. And I think it's easy for us a lot with, uh, especially after COVID and all that stuff, but with all the entertainment online and all our phone stuff, you know, it's just do what we got to do and stick to ourselves. And I'm not saying that's necessarily a bad thing, but I think we forget that there's people trying to struggle to do the same thing out there in humanity. You know, there are people trying to, to pay their bills. There's people trying to you know, feed their families They're trying, you know, they're all, we're all going through this, you know, a lot of us similarly. And a lot of those times it's, it's that pain. It's the struggle of like, well, how am I going to meet all these bills this month? Or, oh my God, I just got this bill or whatever, you know, whatever, you know, the, the check engine light comes on, you know, and you're dealing with that and you're like, oh, I just need a break. And you go online and then you like take all that check engine light anger and fear out on other human beings and basically kind of scapegoat them in a way. Like you don't even realize you're doing it, but you're like this unconscious scapegoating of just, just t triggering, just taking all that anger and that hurt and going, oh, here's somebody I don't agree with, you know, and it just, boom, you're on fire, you know? And, uh, and it's weird because it's like, you see these people who can agree on like 98% of things. And then like these two things just, you know, cause an explosion when really they could be working together to progress the message of tolerance or the message of love or, or get to get a conversation started about this issue, you know? Um, but when we shut down conversation, conversation ceases and we don't have community anymore. Well, you know, we're, you're, you become kind of a loner speaking as a loner. I know how that works. Um, so today's talk is a little bit, uh, <laughs> It's this phrase I remember hearing. Uh, I saw it on a bumper sticker, I think, originally. But I think we've all probably heard it. It's like, Jesus loves you, but everybody else thinks you're an asshole. Um, it's awesome that God came in on Sunday to work on the garage and 
And uh, I don't know if you guys are picking up that, but there's somebody making a lot of noise next door. Sign to work on the garage on Sunday. Nicely work. I wonder if it gets double time. That's another thing is um, I'm hoping to maybe, if not the end of this year, by next year, starting to look at locations. I think it might be time to find a, a new place in town to, to meet. So hopefully we won't have that happening as much. Um, Jesus loves you, but everybody else thinks you're an asshole. I, I had the sticker on my desk at a Revolution back in Atlanta. And I, 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 I took that everybody thinks you're an asshole and turned it into everybody thinks Jay's an asshole. So it said, Jesus loves you, but everybody else thinks Jay's an asshole. And that was my... Welcome to my office. Want to have a pastoral conversation? Um, I mean, I'm just looking at my notes, and, and, and you know, I, I think I've already made it clear, but life seems like a lot right now. Um, it, it seems pretty heavy. Um, it's interesting putting stuff on Facebook because you get everybody's opinions, and you get wild opinions, and you get... You know, I mean, I, on my Facebook page, I mean, I get conservative Christians, I get progressive Christians, I get atheists, I get people from all over the walks of life, different faiths and things like that. And on my Jay Baker account, and it's so it's interesting to like put stuff up and get people's thoughts of like, oh, what are people thinking about this subject or that subject? And I put a lot about arguing well and things like that. And I get so much weird pushback from arguing well. I mean, it's really wild how many people are like, Argue well? Are you kidding me? <laughs> um, <laughs> how dare you? I want to get in a good... In I mean, I literally had someone said, I want to get in a good zinger before I'm done. You know, and it's like... I mean, I don't know if they were saying that. I'm like, I want to get in a good zinger before I'm done. I may have said it that way. I don't know. Um, but it's funny. It's funny, like, man, people just don't want it, you know? And, um, and there's always like people are looking for this, like the asterisk. And I'm like, oh, I don't really have an asterisk here. Well, what if they don't deny my, you know, humanity? I'm like, well, you know, you got to look at people like Dr. King and people like this who fought for civil rights. Like they went and they met with these people. They made these changes. And then these people are heroes, you know, and people in LGBTQ communities, MCC church, uh, Metropolitan Community Church just turned 55 years old. Like what those folks had to do. And, and, and I've worked with some of them and, and, and dealt with communities that didn't think they belong there. And, and some people burnt their churches down so when they were trying to love these people and say hey we have a reason to exist uh they were being hurt you know and so when you see communities and see groups like this and see denominations and and organizations that that fought and and did these things and, and did argue well and did have success in that you know to me that's that's a beautiful thing that's like you know, and this doesn't mean you don't speak truth. I think people have this kind of this idea that love is this like fuzzy, cozy thing. I mean, the way people think about love is almost like they think about like the first few weeks in a relationship where everything's just bright and shiny. You know, and it's not, <laughs> we're not talking about romantic love. I would say it would be more like how you love a family member, you know, like how you love a family member and you know a holiday's coming and you're already getting stressed about it, you know, and you're like, oh, oof. Oof, I got to see them. But at the same point, you'll do anything for them. It's just being around them is tough. Like you love them, but you're not quite sure you really like them. You don't like their company over a certain amount of time, you know? So you're like, oh, we're only going to come in for a day and a half because we've got all this stuff going on, you know? It's, and I'm sure you do. I'm sure, it's a busy holiday weekend. But you know what I'm saying? So, so 
I think we've got to learn to like love the way we love is seeing people more like family members and and people who are brought into our life not like oh you you know oh you're the guy who used to you know beat me up all the time I'm gonna love you and I'm gonna come over and hang out at your house and I'm gonna cook you cookies and matter of fact we're gonna work together I mean that would be great but that's not what I think that the love is about and so I was like what do we talk about today when I'm trying to talk about love and 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 not beat a dead horse 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 I thought about Corinthians 13 and I usually just read 4 through 7 but I thought to myself um, today is a day where we really um, oh, can you guys hear the construction just me it's driving me crazy um, Corinthians 13 says if we speak in the tongues of mortals and of angels but do not love I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. Do you hear that? If I speak in the tongues of mortals and of angels, but not, but do not have love, I'm a noise gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the prophetic power and understand all the mysteries and knowledges, and if I have all the faith so to remove a mountain, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give away all my possessions, we love that. We love when people do that. If I give away all my possessions, and if I hand over my body so that I may boast, if I die as a martyr and give all my possessions away, but do not have love, I gain nothing. So for people who want to subscribe to this idea of following Christianity, there's an issue when we don't read Paul. When we don't read Paul and people go, I don't like Paul because he's this and this and this. Well, you know, you can throw out the pastoral epistles. There's good news there. Um, but Paul is also the one who brings us a lot of grace. And I think one of the reasons we don't see a lot of grace in the church is because some people go like, oh, I just want this angry Paul right here and here and here. And then progressives go like, well, we don't want anything to do with Paul. Just Jesus, man. Red letter Christian. That's it. Amen. You know, and then you don't get any of the grace. You know, so you get like, well, Jesus flipped over the tables. You know, oh yeah, he got angry once because people were selling uh, uh, forgiveness for, for, for a price. You know, um, when he had a lot more opportunities to get really angry, he spoke truth to people, but he wasn't violent. That was the most violent Jesus ever got, you know. And we don't look at Paul being like, you know, re reiterating everything Jesus said about love. Like, so people go, oh, no, Paul. So when we miss Paul, and you all know I'm a huge Paul person, huge Paulinian person. Uh, my theology, I would say, is Paulinian theology. So when I bring this in, and I've got problems with Paul, too. I mean, Paul thought the world was going to end soon, okay? Uh, and I've also got things that I find interesting about Paul. Like, Paul doesn't talk about a virgin birth, you know, and his letters are the earliest in the Christian canon. So something to think about. You know what I mean? Like, was that idea not even around at Paul's time? Um, and I love the people who are just going to get stuck on that this whole time. That's not important right now. Throw it aside. Um, but Paul called us to live a life of grace and a mice of working together and not destroying one another and forgiving one another and restoring one another. So we need these, these, little, these little nuggets of truth to kind of help us continue as a community and care about each other. Um, Right? So I can give everything away. I can be the greatest theologian, historian, 
you know, uh, scholar in the world, but if I don't have love, Paul is telling me it's useless. And I think that's interesting. And here Paul's going to get into a little bit more of an explanation of love, but I really want us to try to be honest about what this is. And I, one of the things I've been saying a lot is something I learned in the 12-step program. It's about progress, not perfection. I think that's another thing is so many people think that we have to have this perfect love. And you know how, like, uh, was it in, in 1 John, perfect, is it 1 John? Perfect love casts out all fear. I think, I can't remember the verse technically right now where it's at, but for, excuse, forgive me and excuse me. But perfect love casts out all fear. Um, and if you're still afraid, that means love hasn't been perfected in you. Is that James? Anyway. So we got to let this love grow in us because, you know, love casts out all fear. But we're not going to have perfect love because we're human beings. You know, all fall short, all fall, you know, short of God's glorious standard. God in His gracious kindness declares us not guilty, you know, that kind of thing. So we're not going to love anybody perfectly. And I feel like so often when we hear the word love or I put up a quote about love or I say something about arguing well and how we have to love each other, people think it's like this, it's like this perfect type of love that is going to embrace this human being and whatever the it's all because it's always the extreme like i never get people from like well, what about kathy and accounting you know it's always like what about hitler like honestly that was last week what about hitler what do you say how does that work with hitler and or how does that work with people who don't recognize my humanity or how does that record you know like what about the person who beat me i'm going like okay first of all like that's no place i would start like i've gone to tons of of of, of therapy and things that work through these things in my life and I still there are people I struggle to 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 love I work through it it's a process it's patience it's there's times I have to step back and go away or I have to draw a line and go like this line might not be permanent but it needs to be here right now for both of our sanity okay and this is stuff that I think is it goes along with this biblical concept to love your neighbor as yourself and to love your enemy and do good to those who persecute you okay so I think we've got to get out of that fan, that, that, that ma magic thinking way of thinking like, well, it's just got to be perfect or it's nothing, you know? It's just got to be like, like we become best friends or it's nothing. Because that's not what it's saying. Like, pray for your enemies is, is one of the things that, that, that Jesus says in the Beatitudes. Like, it's like, pray for your enemies. It's not like, go over to their house and have food and see if they kill you. No, you pray for your enemies, you know? Maybe have a meeting if there's a situation where people are being harmed. You know, maybe sit down and have a mediator there. Um, anybody who's been through a divorce and had mediatorship or the therapy, you know, counseling, uh, marriage counseling and things like that, when you're, when you're going through a divorce and you're very angry and hurtful towards each other, you know, you still meet. You still like, how do we compromise? Because we're not going to be this angry forever. You know, so how do we work though why we're still this angry? How do we work why we're still so hurt? How do we work with each other when we still have so much fear? When we're both still feeling abandoned? Um, but mediators aren't just for torn apart marriages. That's something I understand. But mediators are for all sorts of situations, peacemakers, you know. And so, but what I'm finding is even when you come in and you try to play peacemaker, you're usually going to get beat or kicked out or told you're not wanted. And so often you have to make peace with even like people in a community to say, hey, I just want, like, we want to work this out. Like, and it's tough. It's tough to do. Like, you know, um, 
And some people aren't ever happy, you know? I mean, I've had to, you know, block people on social media. I mean, I have this one guy who's just obsessed with me denouncing my father, and I'm like, I'm not gonna denounce my dad. It's my dad, this isn't Shakespeare, you know? Um, and, uh, you know, you just have to, sometimes you have to have boundaries for them and for, for you. Um, 13 goes on, love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not envious or boastful or arrogant. I mean, I feel like the thing I experience most when I, and I think this is what gets in the way, as I think if we look at the other side of, it's not this, but boastful and arrogant, as often as you get people who are either hurt or have just not letting go of certain pains, or they will become very angry and very arrogant when they're like, I will not do that. And I have, you know, and just blah, blah, you need to do this and you need to, you know, they just, hit, 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 you know, there's often this, this attitude of I'm better than you, you know, and I found out the truth and you're still stuck in the lie and you poor thing. And, and we've done, we, my thing is like the ping pong, the bong, bong, bong. If you've left the toxic community, if you've left the bad religious community, don't become the, like, like as just as angry and toxic as them. Like, don't become like shutting people down like they shut people. That's why you left. You, you saw something and you said, I don't like this, you know? But maybe what you saw and you didn't like, you knew was in yourself, because you leave and it's still there. The, the anger and the judgment and the, the you know, the, being afraid of people different than you is still there. It's just like, well, I might be comfortable with drag queens, but I'm not comfortable with people like in three-piece suits who do this, you know? Seriously. Like, I'm more comfortable around, you know, wild people that I am in a room full of like preachers, even if they're like, you know, any type of preachers, but they're all dressed up and looking nice and like, oh, J.O., T-shirt, nice choice, buddy. And you're kind of like, <laughs> you know. Um, but love is patient. So that means like we take time, we bite our tongue, we think through, we listen well. It's kind. I mean, we, we've just lost the basicness of kindness. I think that's why humor can be sometimes really good and disarming is if we just, you know, you, you make a joke back and try to do it, you know, in a respectful way, but make a silly joke back or something like that when you're, you're dealing with people, but I don't always do it. It's not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. So these are things that love or not. So I think, I guess, the, the idea here is to, when we're in situations, is, is ask ourselves, am I being rude? You know, am I being arrogant? And am, am I being unkind? And if so, why? Why does this affect me in such a way that I have an inability to love someone who thinks differently than me or love someone who doesn't love me? You know, um, and not everybody's going to do this. I mean, when you've been hurt and you're fresh in it or when you suffer from mental health issues and things like that, it's not, this requires a bit of strength. This requires a bit of time to, to grasp this and you're never going to be perfect at it. I've always find someone that can get me just right and they, like they find that little chink in my armor and they're like, boom, you know, and I'm just like, Aah! you know, it just sets me, uh, sets me crazy. And sometimes they do it on purpose because they've watched me and they know like, oh, this is, if I say this, this is what we get. I mean, I one time had a guy in high school say something to me because he knew, he knew that this is all he had to say. And, uh, and he did, he got me, he got me out of my chair and, and ready to fist fight, you know? Um, and so we also have to watch out for that. That's usually when it's time to be like, I'm going to pack my bags and go now. It does not insist on its own way. I mean, how often are we insisting that people think like us, talk like us, do things like us? 
like one of the things I'd mentioned, the thing is like what I loved about uh, what I know somewhat about the Northern Ireland peace process is that the compromises, everybody lost something they wanted. You know, I mean, it wasn't that, you know, everybody got something they wanted, but it was like everybody kind of lost as well. Like everybody felt like, ooh, when they been and, and, and ended the, 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 the troubles, you know, it was like, oh, you know, oh, you get this, oh, great, but I lost this, you know, and, and, and it's this thing is like, so everybody gets something they want, but everybody also has to accept something they don't want either, you know, and it, it, it's tough. And, and so when we're talking about peace, when we're talking about coming together as different communities and from different political viewpoints and, um, you know, and it's funny because like, I think like, oh, well, I don't see that much difference between conservative and Republicans, man, that does not make either of those groups very happy to hear. And they will come with the wrath <laughs> um, <laughs> if you say that. So don't say that. Um, or find a really kind way of bringing that up and saying, can you tell me why I'm wrong? And they will. <laughs> um, but it does not rejoice in wrongdoing. And I've had that one used as like, and that's why we're all legalistic bastards. Because <laughs> we just want people to live right, Jay. That's it. That's it. I've had people like, this is, this is the one that nulls the rest. This is the asterisk for a lot of conservatives. Is that it doesn't rejoice in wrongdoings. But I think what it means, it doesn't rejoice in wrongdoings. It just, doesn't rejoice in revenge. Does, you know, you've hurt me. Okay, I don't want to sit at the same table with you, but I don't want you to go hungry. Uh, Tupac said that in a way. Um, you know, I'm not going to burn your house down. You know, I'm not going to get revengeance for my family. Um, there are times you'll want to do that and you'll have fantasies of that, but it's not following through. It is not irritable or resentful. And, you know, these are the things that I find that when I'm talking about love and, and arguing well, what I usually get is people who are, are very irritable and very resentful towards a group of people who have hurt them. Um, you know, and to the point where you can't say, well, not all those people are bad. Even that gets them angry. You know, I, I'm not really sure about what the hashtag was, not all men. I have gotten in a couple things where that's been used against me or someone where someone said I was naive for not knowing what it was because I, was, and not I spent so much social media time, but I just wasn't in that circle at the time. I mean, I remember there was one called Believe All Women Too. You know what I mean? I don't think anything like all cops are, 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 cops are bad or all cops are bastards or whatever. Like, I don't like anything that covers any group like that completely. I think that's wrong and not so. All women are, you know, Believe All Women, I'm like, you know, that's just like, I, I get what you're saying, but it's also not a faction, you know, and all men aren't, aren't great or not all men or something. Well, yeah, I guess that's true. Not all men are this, but I'd say not all women are this, you know, and not all white people are this and not all heterosexuals and not all gay people and not all Hispanic people and not all Asian people. I mean, you could say it, but it really hits people hard. And it seems that there is a resentment and an irritableness to stating things and saying things like that, you know? Um, so it does become a bit of a walking on eggshells when we're trying to love each other. So what am I trying to say? What I'm trying to say is when I ask you to argue well, I'm asking a lot. When I'm asking us to learn to disagree well and to be a diverse community of, of, of diverse of thoughts, you know, we are looking at some, doing something that's completely almost impossible in this day and age. Okay, this is, this is nothing that seems possible at this point. This is tough work. So when you see me going something like, love your enemies and do, 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 do. Well, remember, what he's asking is pretty tough. This is a tough call. 
And what I love is sometimes I get people going like, I don't know if I can do this. I'm like, I don't know if I can do it either, but I'm trying and trying to create a community of people who are, at least we're just trying to do this. You know, we're trying to disagree well, we're trying to hear the other, but we also want to be heard by the other. I mean, it's frustrating, you know, but we don't want to be, uh, we don't want to let resentfulness and irritability be who we are. I don't want that to be my thing. I mean, there are certain conservative people that I see and all of a sudden fear goes in my back. There are certain progressive people I see, you know, and I go like, you know, like, oh, you can't say this. You can't, you got to watch everything you say. I don't want to be one of those people, but I want to talk to those people and I want to help those people. And I want to help those people be less triggered by those things. And I want them to help me be less triggered by my preconceived notions and judgments. But this is tough work. It doesn't happen overnight. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things. I mean, the truth is always, you know, up for conversation. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Now, I think this is kind of like saying, like, this is, this is the ground of being's acceptance for us. This is a concept of grace, of love and grace meet each other as... Is we, and that's the thing to remember is when we're never going to do this perfectly. We're never going to have this down. Um, and it probably be something we all struggle to put in our wheelhouse. Okay. But we've also got to remember we're accepted. We have grace and to give ourselves grace. And when we screw up, give ourselves grace and also admit it when you screw up. Like when I screw up, like I went onto that site and I realized like I've said some really awesome things, but I've said some things that probably weren't great. And it's really caused more stress for these folks than, it ha than it's helped, I think. So I deleted my comments and said, hey, listen, I'm sorry. This is not me at my best. Just said, listen, you know, you can take the good and the bad down and apologize. Because I, I don't feel like, you know, and I'm starting to realize, <laughs> starting to realize, I've realized and just continued to, I'm like a dog to its vomit, that, uh, Online is probably not the best place to try to solve issues, tough issues. Um, that we might have to get our feet on the ground and get outside and meet with people. And that's why I'm thinking that Revolution might have to start meeting in at least a small dive bar somewhere. Um, but I'm trying to balance life and part-time work and this thing all at once. Um, dad... You know, it's, it's tough. Life is tough. That's another thing is like, I'm carrying a lot of that with me. And when I'm like trying to talk, argue about arguing well, and all of a sudden I can't argue well because I'm upset because life's tough and I'm afraid of the bills and I want to keep my kids and want to do this. And, and I get scared and I get insecure and I just all the worst parts of me come out. You know, I just want to sleep. I don't want to look at anybody. I don't want to deal with anybody, you know. And um, so I get it. You know, and then I'm like, oh, I'll get online in the middle of the night and see any response that kind of triggers me so I can find some arguing partner to give me reason in life. And those are things that we all have to die to. That's why I say it's about progress, not perfection. And I learned that in the 12-step program, and it really helped me. And I've accepted that I'm accepted. Like we've talked about, like, remember Pete Rollins read, You Are Accepted by Paul Tillich, and we went through that sermon together. And those things are amazing. You know, so good, so good, so good. Um, so 
Paul goes on to say, hope all things, endure all things. Like enduring all things seems almost impossible, right? Like I will endure all the punishments that I've had through my life. But at the same time, I remember like my, some of my teachers being like, you'll understand more when you grow up. And thinking like, oh, those guys are full of shit. Life's pretty tough right now. But I think what they didn't, re- what they, I now do realize what they're saying is, what they're saying is, is you're not going to have your parents, good or bad. They're not going to be around to bail your ass out of this stuff. They're not going to be able to, you know, one day, you know, you're not going to have a school to go to. You're going to have, there's going to be a lot more required of you in life. And you'll also have these things on top of it. And they were right. Like, oh, so you look back on your life and you look at all these things and you try not to have regrets, but you look at the suffering you've had in certain areas and you try not to hold resentments and you look at all the things you wish you would have done. And, and, and so it's tough. It's a tough to endure just the things we, the decisions we've made ourselves, much less the horrible things other people are doing and saying. And then when you see groups of people, like recently too, I've had people like, why are you so hard on you know, the, the liberals, why aren't you, you know, why don't you point out all the bad things like the conservatives do? And I'm like, listen, I, that's not what I do. And this is a group I love and care about and that I've been a part of for a long time. So I feel like I've got to speak the truth about that at the same time as say, hey, the other party's not great either, but we got to look at what, we got to look at our side of the road. That's another thing I learned in 12-step programs. So if you want to get mad, blame AA. Um, I mean, the 12-step program, sorry. Um, that's anonymous. An anonymous group I'm not supposed to talk about, but you know, get what I'm saying? Like, it, 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 it's this, this this constant need to, to to be perfect, and it just won't be that way because we have, we have so much on our plate to deal with, and we can't set each other straight. And then we're going to learn to endure through these circumstances. But that's all we can do sometimes with life is endure. There's this thing I learned in therapy, in DBT therapy, called radical acceptance. You know, and it's when there's something in a moment that you just can't handle, or you're having a panic attack, or you're going through something, and you just have to be like, this is just it. This is it. This is where I'm at. This doesn't feel good. I don't like it. I'm scared about the future. I'm scared about finances. I'm scared about, you know, all this stuff. You know, the, the, the little kid in me is, is out and scared and terrified, and I don't know where the adult went, you know. <laughs> where did adult Jay go, you know? And you just have to go like, I'm going to accept this moment that this is where I'm at. That's where adult Jay is saying, like this is all we can do is accept that we are accepted and accept this moment that we're in because nothing is changing it right this minute. So we just have to radically accept that which we don't like. Now imagine if we use that towards our enemies. And we go like, you know, I'm going to radically accept this person because they're not what I like. They don't think what I like. I think they're a bigot. I think this, you know, and I'm going to radically accept those are the facts that I know about this person. And I'm still going to work on seeing things change. Now, if this is like, like I would say, if this is a friendship, that might be the time just to walk away from that friendship. You can still love each other, but you just move on. But if this is something where you say like, this person is hurting other people in other communities, then we, we, we've got to speak out, we've got to talk, and we've got to figure out ways to work through this and, and come to a new situation. Like if this is a, someone in a place of power or things like that, then, we, then, you know, because if we just go, oh, well, those guys are all bastards. Well, what are you doing to change it? Well, I just call them bastards, and I find that that feels really good, and maybe it'll change, and maybe some of them will hear how cool I am and know that I don't think they're cool, and they'll start being cool, you know. It's not how life works. It would be great if it did. 
But we, you know, if we sit and complain about something, eventually someone wants to know, like, what are you going to do to change that? What are you going to do to make a difference? What's, how are we, how are we going to make that something that it's not? You know, how are you guys going to work together to figure this out? You know, oh, maybe we just split the country down the middle and be like, you guys live over here and you guys live over here. Well, you know what? You're just going to have another splits and more splits and more splits because everybody's going to have nuances and differences. You know, I mean, that's the big thing right now. It's like, it's weird to be like in a liberal community of people right now and, you know, come in and be like, oh, we need to argue well. And they're like, oh, you're just a white straight male. You know, that's boom. That's right on your right way. There it is. There's the reality. Radical acceptance, you know. And that, now you're already suspect, you know, you're suspect because, boom, you were born that way and you're suspect. And, and you can go, you know, don't dare say not all men because that would even make you more suspect. You know what I mean? So you got to go in there and you got to be like, all right, well, why do you feel this way? Why do you see this way? And how can I prove to you that I actually give a damn and want to see the best for you? And I also like to see the best for me and my kids and other people. How do we, as a world and a people who live together in community, how do we, how do we love well? How do we love each other better? Um, oh, I just saw something that Cod, Chad put up, and he's like, I'm brave space. Ooh, I like that. Ooh, Chad, you should start a community called Brave Space. That is awesome. <laughs> Listen to me. I'm always like, start a community. Do it, brother. Brave space. I'll be there. Um, you got to be brave. And you guys wonder, like, well, why does... Because Jay, you know Jay's got a little chip on his shoulder about things he's been through. Um, I have recently had a person remind me that that's all I talk about. And that kind of hurt, too, because it was a sensitive spot. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, I am extremely sensitive. I feel a lot. Like, I don't just, like, get off of this and be like, enjoy the, enjoy the good news, brothers and sisters. I'm out, you know, and then go party. Like, I, like... And try to like talk to my kids and feed them and, and inside I'm feeling empty when people say mean things it hurts me and but I really do have this thing and this this love that I feel like my mother bestowed upon me and then through that she saw in Christianity that had a lot of people see within Christianity that it goes we got to love everybody we got to love people who call us assholes we got to love people who go like oh you're a thief and you look like a whore of all that gross makeup on I mean that's what people would say to my mom's face and she'd be like well first meet me you don't even know me you know and would hug them and love them. I'm like, oh my God. And I wanted to just viciously beat the person to death at the time, you know. But my mother showed me this. And even my dad, and when he was in prison, he's like, son, you got to forgive people. Because I didn't want him to meet with Jerry Falwell. I said, Jerry Falwell's going <laughs> to kill you. He's going to try to put the last nail on you. Screw that guy. And my dad was like, you got to forgive people. And then my dad said, you go meet with him. And if you decide it's okay for me to meet with him after you met with him. And his lawyers were pissed. His lawyers were like... Jim, we can't ask Jerry to jump through all these hoops. I don't know why my, all of a sudden the lawyers thought Jerry was awesome, but, you know, I think maybe they were getting some money from him. I don't know. But, and I was just like, and my dad was like, nope, it's up to my son, you know. And my dad was showing me I've got to forgive people. I've got to let go. Even like, you know, I've got to go and find Kaiser Sose and say, or the Joker or Joe Chill for the canonized uh, Batman people. And you got to forgive them. But they're not going to change. Jerry Fowler didn't change. He died that way. But what I realized is the forgiveness and that love that I tried to have for that man because of the forgiveness, because the grace I tried to show affected me in, a best, in the best way possible. 
And that's why I'm still here fighting. That's why I'm here like going like, I don't even know if there's anything left in the tank with revolution. Like, you know, we got 10 people listening. I don't have a community, you know, I'm in, the, I'm in Seattle, you know, we barely are getting any bills paid, you know, but there's still this drive to be like, I'm not going to let this rule me in a negative way. If it's going to compel me, it's going to compel me to love people more. It's going to compel me to show those moments that I had with my mom walking down the street when a stranger would come up and say something horrible. And this was before social media, you know, and how she dealt with it. I mean, if she had ever been on social media, she would have just had to have like a robot response of like, I love you. You don't know me. <laughs> you don't know me. But so in love endures all. So I was blessed with an example of, of, of a really radical example of a, a woman that maybe the naivete in some ways allowed her to love so well. Um, that drew me to a thing called grace that I even find even more powerful than just loving those who hate me. It's, it's trying to love those who hate people I love. And that's very tough when you, when you see that. Um, but that's also why I'm always down to have a, a good argument. You know, I'm always willing, like, let's fix this. Let's solve this. Let's look at this. You know, even when you're attacking my friends, a lot of people, if you're a close friend of mine and you've been attacked and I've seen it, you know that I've probably chimed in, you know, um, because that's the type of love I see that's, that, that helps and can be productive. And, and I'm always like, we've got to end this in a productive way. Let's not end this in a shitty way. And I'm just compelled to do that. And, um, and that's, not, that's not a saintly thing. It's, I don't want to sit here and say, I'm just a saint. I'm just a saint of love. That's not it. It's just this is a compulsion. <laughs> it might be a disorder, honestly. You know, um, but I also feel the pain and hurt, you know, and I have to, and it's hard to talk to people because people be like, well, you know, this is what you signed up for. Oh, this is what you do for a living. You know, I love like the, there's so many, I have found that so many people are just like this suck it up bootstrap people. Folks, if we just want to like get a glimpse of love, just be kind and go like, yeah, life is hard. Life sucks. When someone says, oh man, I'm sorry about that. Like those responses are really great too, you know? It's like we've all of a sudden we become like these like, yeah, well, I mean, you know, if you're going to be online, that's what you're going to deal with, you know, your fault. You know, and you're like, okay, I'll just, I'll have no community with anyone. I'll just release a talk once a week and then hide. Um, so there's that endurance. It hopes all things because we're hoping to see change. I mean, that's why I continue to argue is because there's hope there. There's hope that we see change. There's hope that we can become better community. It's hope that we can show love in a better way. I do believe that these are the concepts that will reform Christianity and change the church and bring it back to being something relevant in society and not what it is today, but knowing for what it's against rather than what it's for. Not for re restoring people or feeding the homeless or doing any of those things. You know, um, you know, uh, I see people doing all sorts of cool things, but they're just these small groups. And I was like, man, well, I would love to see that expand more. You know, well, it's going to have to come through a lot of love. You know, it, you know, it's I sometimes I just feel like you're throwing pebbles in the ocean. Love never ends, Paul says. Now you have to remember, Paul's big thing was that what Jesus said in in, in the Sermon on the Mount and the Beatitudes is, you know love your neighbor and love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you. Like Paul pushes this whole love thing really hard, you know, 
Um, Paul doesn't really mention hell either. So you got a weird thing going on with Paul. Paul is worth taking a second look at because you think uh, he's a real asshole. But what is he even saying when he's being a real jerk? You know, like, you know, and, you know, I mean, this guy's walking everywhere, maybe on a camel and a horse every now and then. Um, what I'm saying is, and he's also in a Middle Eastern setting. So, you know, customs are completely different in this world. I and mean, it's a completely different world. And like, well, he's just a jerk, you know. <laughs> he doesn't understand what it's like to have a cell phone. No. Paul literally thought that they were at the height of tech. And the height of tech of life ever would reach. Like, that's what Paul thought. I love it. Uh, Robert said, persistence will prevail. But, you know, I feel like I've been per persistent for years. And I'm failing at what I love. And I've just kept doing it. And now it's like falling through my fingers. Now, I'm just saying that to be clear of like, we're all going to have these moments. And I hope it does prevail. And only when you see Jay at his grave, you can say, well, they prevailed. I mean, I hope they do say he loved too much. I think at this point we can say that that's happened a little bit. He just loved too much. <laughs> I want to be a saint now. I mean, yeah, I guess. I don't know. It's a struggle. It's an internet. I don't want to be a saint, but I do want to love people. I want to be known for my love for people, you know? But then I feel like I, once you start saying that kind of stuff, people want to come out and test you. Then all the tests come out like, oh, let's test this mother. Let's see if this guy really believes in grace. Let's see if this, you know, let's really push and see where he's at, you know? And, and, they, you know, and they're like, oh, I know what he's sensitive about. Now, I watched him, so where, where I know what he's sensitive about. I can help you with that. You know, I know where we can get him. I know where we can really test him, you know? Um, but let's see what up. So I'm just saying like, know this, like Paul had no idea that we would all have airplanes and that we would be able to fly and that we'd be meeting each other all over the world within a matter of hours or that we would be all connected through some weird thing called social media or any type of television or anything like this. So, and so he thought Jesus was getting ready to come back any day now. You know, he was like, don't get married because it's not even worth it because Jesus is coming back any day now. You know, that was his whole thing. Like, yeah, you know, if you got to screw every day, then you probably need to find somebody to get married to, you know. But in his mind, it was like, it's not, it's like Jesus is just down the corner. Technology is not going to get anywhere. We're never going to be in where we know thousands of people at once and where you have thousands of followers and you're communicating with random people all over the world. Like this wasn't in his brain. So I think if this was within the Paulinian brain and, and even in, within the Christ brain, you know, we may have heard a different message at the time. There may have been something else, but this is what we got. And so I'm doing the best with what we got and trying to adapt and evolve. You know, people are like, well, it never changes, Jay. It never changes. I'm like, well, except you start, like, understanding Greek and Hebrew, and then you realize, oh, well, it did change because of that. And anyhow, we're not going to get into that argument as the second. But Paul goes on to say, love never ends, but, it, but as for prophecy which I think he's talking about preaching, not just like, in the future. Um, they will come to an end. As of tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will come to an end. Knowledge. Knowledge will come to an end. What do you think Paul's idea of like the afterlife is, right? Um, knowledge, it will come to an end. For we know only part, and we prophesy only in part, but we complete comes the partial we will come to that will come to an end when we have complete understanding even that will come to an end when i was a child i spoke like a child i thought like a child i reasoned like a child when i became an adult i put away childish things and so there's two things he could be saying here is that like we when we become adults it would be like kind of like the afterlife will be like we're complete and we put away childish things and we're all just children now or he's saying 
when we learn to love in this way, we will be acting as adults. We will be acting as, when we learn to love our enemy, when we do that, when this stuff is, progresses over time and, and is allowed to progress in our lives, this is how we grow, through loving one another. You know, and, um, and if tolerance is a part of love, think about how many people, like in your work situations and certain situations that you have to just go like, oh, you know, and um, I mean, we all think we all want to like at least be tolerated by people. And I think if we're going to ask to at least be tolerated, we should be willing to at least tolerate our, somehow ourselves. And doing that, I think we will be given the opportunity to speak truth. For now, see in a mirror dimly. He's saying, you know, we don't see everything clearly. But when we see face to face, and I think that's another important thing, but he's talking about something else. But face to face is, is, is uh, quite a different experience. Am I right? <laughs> um, now I know only in part then I will know fully, even as I have been fully known. And now faith, hope, and love abide. These three are the greatest. And of these, and the greatest of these is love. So above your faith, okay, above the faith of Christianity is love. Okay? So when your faith and your, your dogma and your theology and that kind of stuff, and you know, the Bible, the one true gospel, gets in the way of love, you put it down and you love. It is greater. That love is greater. Like, Sabbath was made for us. Not, we weren't made for the Sabbath. You understand what I'm saying? Binding and loosing. We are called to love others. You know? Um, above all that, faith, hope, and love will endure. And I've always seen faith and hope as kind of like cousins or siblings. Um, but love is the greatest thing. So I just want to say as like believers, like I don't understand like why we can't have like believers, you can't have progressive and, and, and conservative believers working together. I just honestly, like you guys, like I remember being part of this one group where we were working with the homeless and I said, hey, I want to, some of my friends want to feed the homeless on Thanksgiving. Can they come in? And like, well, are they Christians? And I'm like, oh, no, I don't know. I don't I haven't really asked them. I, it's another job I've got. And, and, uh, and they said, well, we don't allow non-Christians. And I was like, oh, that doesn't make any sense. Like, well, it's feeding hungry people. Like, we just, whoever wants to feed hungry people, you know, and, and then you get to know these people and you can share your faith with them if you want. But doesn't this seem like a good thing that's working together, you know? And the fact that our hate is so great with one another that we, we don't even see the, the possibility of what would happen if we strengthened one another is, is sad to me. That, 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 that uh, this type of love, of, of this kind of disagreeing well and loving well and, 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 and enduring well, these, these type of concepts could make the world a better place. You know? Um, like... I, th I really think politicians love that we fight about identity politics and about faith and about this kind of stuff all the time as they just sit and get really wealthy and, and just work with these corporations because we're all busy fighting over our identities. 
and our faiths and our systems and, and and they're just you know even the democrats like you know they get rich when we go to war like a lot of those people look at where they invest their money and things like that like those are things you have to like live in a reality of the oh they i wonder if they want to sell more weapons because they're invested in weapons i'm sure that doesn't have a problem with their politics at all i'm sure those are no contradiction there <laughs> they're above reproach right because they're one of us that that idea gets you nowhere fast okay so the church has done it and it's shitty when politicians do it it's shitty when the left does it it's shitty when the right does it it's shitty it's just shitty um shitty shitty bang bang right um and and that's uh, we've got to think differently you know i i think that that we've forgotten about poverty. I think we've forgotten about the poor. And I think we're all in this point. Not all of us have, but a lot of us have. And I think, I don't want to say those all statements. And we get in these arguments and then we re don't realize that we're poor too and that we're barely making ends meet. And we're really, and we're one, we're one paycheck or one bill or this away from being homeless. And we don't even realize that, that that's where we're at. And we're so distracted fighting certain things that we don't realize that this is what a bigger group a bigger power is going like oh yeah keep focused on that you know and uh and we'll we'll you know we'll keep running things you know and then they throw us these things and we think well this has got to be the most important thing because they'll throw us bones you know like well here you know you have this and we'll give you this and this rights you know but we're not looking at like where the money's going for like the poor or the homeless or the sick or that none of us can afford to go to the hospital in the United States. You know, it's like the fact that we're not more upset about that because that's one thing that affects us all because if we had that, we could argue well for a lot longer. <laughs> so that's another thing is you know, where, where is my focus at and is it productive? Is it helping other people? And is there, is it, am I loving as well as I could be loving? So that's today's talk. That's today's, I would call that a sermon even, is uh, loving, loving each other well. And Corinthians 13 shows us that. So when we ask, well, what does Jesus mean when he says and this, this, and this? I think you can go to Corinthians 13 and see what Paul understood it to mean. And Paul, that writing is a lot closer than even the telling of that story of the Beatitudes. Um, so Paul was more familiar with that story than um, probably the people who wrote the Gospels. He was... He may have even heard it at times. You know, he was there when, when, when Stephen was killed. So that's something to think about. Anyhow, thanks, everybody. Um, oh, yeah, uh, I just thought Steve always told me I don't ask for enough money. And I literally had someone say that revolution was a fraud and that I'm a fraud and that we don't need money today. Um, and it's funny because I've get, I, I, I do like the fact that I'm getting attacked by progressives and conservatives all at the same time telling me this kind of shit about me. Because um, it is kind of giving you this feeling of like, okay, I need to focus. I need to back up a little bit more and go, okay, we got issues. We got bigger issues here. Everybody's getting this way. Um, we need your support. Um, where will that support go? Well, that support goes to keep this going. keeps me uh, paid. It keeps... The people who are running our finances paid and um, through donations that's how we pay for the online stuff that's how we have a website which you know a website nowadays um, we're mostly volunteer we're working at a bare bare budget right now 
um, as you can for something that's been going on for almost 30 years. Um, so it's bare bones. Um, I would love it to be able to be paying for rent for maybe a, a, a new location and helping pay uh, Josh, who does all the puts all this stuff up and things like that. And Josh is always like, even when I've tried to pay Josh, he's like, no, 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 <laughs> you know. Uh, but I would like to be able to like, you have to take it. We, we, we just have too much money coming in. Take it, <laughs> you know. And, and then we could do more and have cool graphics and maybe reach more people with this message. That's what I would like to be doing with it. Um, no one's getting rich. <laughs> I promise you that. Um, but it's funny because that was like someone new, like, oh yeah, you know, Jay doesn't like raising money. All I have to do is say he's a fraud and then boom, you know, that's what they did and they got blocked. So Merry Christmas. Um, even I have my points. So, but yeah, revolution needs your support more now than ever. I mean, it would be really great if we could raise like $10,000 in the next couple weeks. Um, and I would just tell you like, hey, we reached this year's goal. Um, but then next year it's going to slap us in the face and we need to have a, uh, another goal there. Um, but yeah, that would be great. So if any of you are just sitting there with an extra 10 grand in your bank, um, or you're like a millionaire on a cruise ship listening to this via satellite, then mm, let me, <laughs> let me write a check for those guys. I'll do that. Um, but yeah, if you get something good out of this. And I'm going to study my ass off and I'm giving you the best I got. I'm giving you everything I got. And I do believe that eventually this will have such a greater effect on the church because of folks in this community who are going to be leaders in this community and words that I get back from people who do podcasts and things like that who are saying, I'm being easier on the other more because of what I heard you guys say at Revolution. What Revolution is doing, I am trying to do that more. Like one of these top podcasters came to me and said that and I was mind was blown. Like because I remember at one time thinking like, ah, oh, they're really hard on these group of people. And they came to me and go like, hey, I've stopped doing that as much because I heard some of your talks and I'm going like, oh, I didn't even know they knew I you know, I mean I knew they knew I existed, but I didn't know that they knew listened to a talk or heard a talk or read a meme or something like that. But the message is getting out there. And I do believe this is part of the Reformation. I do believe that this is what we're gonna have to do that we're going to have to get way more honest and then we're going to have to stop pretending like the Bible is a magic book and that we're going to have to be honest with each other. But it's going to require love and arguing and patience, you know, and that's when we're going to realize what a virtue really is and that it's not this awesome, fun thing to have, but that it's kind of like, oh, I endure all things. Why do I endure? Well, you usually endure something because you're getting your ass kicked. All right, so I'm not going to try to sell you a bill of goods. Um, I would like to be able to make a living getting my ass kicked though, you know, and focus on this work because I think it's important work and valuable work and I will continue to do it even if I have to uh, do it supporting my, my, myself and that's what I'll do. Like I, I just need to go out and I'm trying to do that right now but parenting schedule has really been tough. Which is another thing is why do I live in a country where having a parenting schedule makes it harder to get a job, you know? Those are things to think about folks. Maybe those are the things we should be helping people with workers' rights more and, you know, make a living and, and breathing and, you know, rest well and eat well, even if it's not at our table. That, you know, I don't want anybody to starve and not even my enemies. So there you go. Thank you for coming today. I will see you next week uh, right here. Same revolution time, same revolution channel. Please subscribe, put on the likes, give us some thumbs up. There's eight of you. I only see two thumbs up. Come on, folks.
See that little thumb? Boop, I like this. I like it, I like it, I like it. Or maybe only two out of eight people like the Revolution podcast or Revolution, or just Revolution. That's just what the Revolution gathering. Two out of eight watchers prefer <laughs> Revolution to other stuff. Oh, now it's three. We're climbing. Thank you so much. I mean, that's, that's really, that's the least you could do. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Have a great week. And um, I'm going to do another Q&A for October. So I need to set that up. I'm going to do another Q&A on Instagram so we can get together. You can ask questions. I try to answer all the questions and, and do all that stuff so we can do that. And uh, try to keep that interesting, you know, and come in with some really crazy tough questions because that's, that's the time to really like, let's get crazy, you know. Um, you want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. All right, bye-bye. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. To make your 100% tax-deductible donation today, please visit revolutionchurch.com slash donate. You can also learn more by clicking the donate section on the website.